Cambridge. It's Mrs. Bristow and Mr. Karnbach. We're here to talk about what you want to hear about. And today on the podcast, we have some special guests from the Student Senate that are here to talk about the most recent survey that was conducted. Mr. Karnbach, who do we got with us today? Today we have Caroline Silvera from Hilton High School and Ashley Menjavar from Woodbridge Senior High School. And the two of them asked the survey on Twitter about how students are feeling about virtual learning and the hybrid model. And so they had, they ran the survey from September 21st to about the 27th and over 4,300 students responded on Twitter. And this was all done for, through Twitter. Okay. So the f first off, before we get anywhere, we're gonna, what were some of the limit girls, what were some of the limitations you guys had on your survey? Yeah. So I would say um, definitely time was our biggest constraint because, you know, we were at a point where, like, for example, when I was sitting on the board in September, it was too early to start receiving feedback. So we said, okay, we'll do it in October. Um, but then when we got to October, uh, we have to submit our materials ahead of time. So we have to submit uh, the PowerPoint presentation well ahead of the board meeting. So we kind of had to limit our survey responses to only one week to accommodate for this and also just accommodate um, for getting people set settled into virtual learning. Um, so we didn't want to do it too early or too late. So time was one of our biggest ones because uh, it was kind of all up to the individual school on how to distribute the surveys. Um, so for example, at Hilton, my school, we got uh, our um, tech person to post it on Canvas. But at other schools, um, the administration wasn't able to respond because they were too busy or they had other things going on. So it wasn't able to go out in that like kind of central way. So I think that was our biggest constraint was time. Uh, I think this was probably the second survey that um, the Senate has done as a whole. So we definitely know how we can improve next time, like letting the admin know beforehand and things like that. Um, and that's why we did have, like such a small sample size, I think, is because we didn't necessarily have enough time to get it out to all of the schools. Um, do you think too, like, because it's only high school students, right? Do you think if you were to like, as well, maybe do like middle school or elementary school that you might get more response? Or do you think that like, it'd be better to do like a tiered approach to the survey? So like, a, you know, a separate one for elementary and then one for middle and then one for high to kind of get like a broad spectrum of response. Um, yeah. So I def oh. oh, go ahead, Ashley. <laughs> I definitely feel like we should keep it separated just because um, when you look at the models, they're all really different with the hybrid learning. So an elementary school classroom looked really different than a high school classroom. So I think that's a big consideration um, for kids when they're thinking about going back or not. So I feel like it was probably safer for an elementary school kid to go back compared to a high school student. Okay. All right. Now let's start off right away. How is virtual learning for going for you girls right now? You know, you're obviously, you know, you guys go Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday, Friday with your classes and what are some positives and what are some negatives of the virtual platform? Um, I'd say that some positives are um, the times because we start so late now we can study before or like some kids I know that they sleep in so that's always a benefit and then the lunch breaks um, I know a lot of people don't talk about them but you can also do like homework for another class during that time and I think that um, 
it's great to connect with your tutors at that time as well, because in SDLC, for example, one of my leadership classes, um, we have lunches together and we just all like talk and we talk about what's going on. And I think it's a great way that um, we still have our relationships there. But some negatives are um, that I seem to find is with our Monday work. So it's kind of hard balancing our classwork and our actual homework, but we're all starting to work with our ad admins on that. Like I'm gonna be a part of the faculty meeting um, at Woodbridge soon to talk to teachers about this. Yeah, for me, I would definitely say that I love the flexibility of virtual learning, um, but I guess one drawback to that is it's just harder to like for me, I have to do a lot of notes outside of class, which I kind of don't like because it's time consuming. Um, and I'm all, I was also a way more just like physically active during school. Um, now I'm just more like at a desk all day, um, which kind of sucks. But yeah, the flexibility and waking up later kind of like supersedes all of that for me. So you guys find that there's like a way more positives than there are negatives? Yeah, there is. Is the is the biggest factor for you guys that ability to like the, that start time, like the getting up later? Is that like the is that the biggest positive? Yes, yes for sure. Yeah. Especially Hilton does not have flex, so some of my days will start at um, ten. Yeah, true. So, so and when um, when Mr. Kornbach and I were looking over the survey results, like fifty eight percent of students. Like if you put together the fours and the threes, 58% of students like that virtual model. Were you guys shocked by that number? Did you think it would be higher? Do you think it'd be lower? And given the parameters, do you think that the number would be higher now after the school board meeting um, decision? Or do you think it would be lower after that school board meeting decision? Kind you know, weighted question. I, yeah, I was kind of um, surprised that more people like the virtual model just because I felt like when I would ask my own friends, most of the responses were that they wanted to go back hybrid. Um, I'm not sure why, you know, and Ben said this in his statement at the school board meeting that when he talked to his principal, there was kind of a switch where more people wanted to go uh, virtual instead of hybrid. So I'm not really sure um, why more people wanted to go virtual. I mean, me personally, like I would choose to go virtual, but now we're we're pretty much all going to be virtual. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it kind of maybe has to do with more information coming out. Uh, people have more time to think about their decisions and kind of get adjusted to virtual learning. That's kind of my thought behind it. How about you, Ashley? Do you think, yeah. I mean, you, do you guys, I guess my question would be is, do you think that late, that late start time and the ability to sleep in is really the driving factor for why all of a sudden high school students are like, well, I'm really good with virtual only, despite the crushing workload that may be coming. Yeah, I definitely think that um, that was a factor of it. But another thing that I saw was that during my calls, a lot of teachers were um, expressing their frustrations and they're telling their students like it wouldn't be the same. So I think with those um, statements that teachers were giving, it really let students know that um, when we went back to school, it really wouldn't be how it was before Corona. And I think that students had time to process the fact that they had to have their mask on all day. Um, during lunch, they'd sit by themselves and um, they, had to, they, had, um, they had to be by themselves 
during a lot of the time at school. So I think that was definitely a factor that pushed a lot of kids to go to virtual. Now, it sounds like you guys were a little shocked by the responses of everything. So you said you got 4,300, which, I mean, is a high number. Now, granted, when you factor in how many high school students we have, obviously it's not the a high value of all the student responses. So would, if you were to do the survey again, what would, what would be some things you would like to do differently so that way the county could actually get a fair, accurate reading of the students' opinions? Uh, for me, I think one of the issues uh, with the low turnout is that the student senate doesn't quite have a, a big reputation in the county yet. So I think when people were asked to fill out the survey, they were kind of like, what is the purpose of this? Like, where, where are my answers going? Or are people going to use this against me in any way? So I think um, definitely before our next survey, we need to work on relationship building within our schools and make sure that everybody knows that we're here just to report their, their voices in a non-biased way. Like that's really the whole point of our surveys. So I think education of the Senate is important. And I think also um, just talking to administration while we're creating the surveys, just to let them know, Hey, we're planning on sending this out in a week instead of, Hey, can you send this out? It's going to end in a week you know, so they have plenty of time to get stuff out. Um, do you think that, like, I guess in going forward with, like, the surveys, do you have a, the intention of doing another one? Um, I think once we go, um, once we get closer to the third quarter, we might do another one. Um, I definitely think that it's great for us to get um, student input on a wide scale instead of doing Zoom calls with like about 50 students. So we definitely want like student input in that way. And I definitely think that we're going to work to get more than 4,000 responses next time. Now, just a quick question, just again, to reiterate. Now, when the kids respond to these surveys, do they have to put in like their email? Do they have to put like in their names in or is it all just completely anonymous? They have to put in um, their email to verify that they're Prince okay. uh, William County student. Yeah. Okay. But I think an important thing for you guys to note, though, is that even though they have to put their email in, you guys aren't using, you're not publishing that yes. it was from them. And, and I think that that's an important thing, like you were saying, exactly. Caroline, is like getting students to understand that you're here to just be their voice and that you're not trying to use their voice against them. That, you know, it's total, you know, like total anonymity, right? Like you're not up there going, you know, Johnny, you know, Green. Johnny said this and Billy said that. Right. And it, I think it's important to note too that we have so many responses that the names, like it's a long list of names. We will read through the written responses, but there's just no point in us uh, reading through all of the names and seeing what an individual has to say. So that's important to know too, is like, um, even when you do push your name, we're not going to go through and read somebody's specific response because there is so many yeah yeah and in that you guys are just there for them right mm -hmm. of course okay. yeah. for that student body so um in thinking about like the the highest positives of online learning like you know you guys have been talking about it in sense was that there's no classes on monday but actually you kind of touched about like while i'm having no classes on monday you feel like you have to do a lot of work on monday can you go in a little bit more into that for me of like what what is that typical monday workload so for me personally, I have a lot of um, meetings throughout the day, so I really can't focus on doing my work. 
So it's really me um, doing meetings until I say about three o'clock because of SELC and other things. And then I start doing my work and I probably finish around like 10 p.m. But that's probably because all of my work builds up because teachers don't really um, differentiate between the classwork and the homework. And a lot of my teachers in the past week have said that um, they make busy work just for the classes, but they manage to stay on the Zoom for the entire time. So that's something that they want to start looking at. And I do feel that um, if the teachers did cut back on Zoom times, then there would be a lot more time to do classwork. And then the homework wouldn't feel so heavy. What about for you, Caroline? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Like, I try not to do uh, homework on Mondays because I'm doing like an internship. So I try and do my work for the internship that day. So that might be a part of, why like it feels so heavy during the week but I definitely do have a heavy uh, workload my teachers have been really good about um, not assigning us a lot of work but I think like I said before with the notes notes take a long time and I think that that just takes up it's not hard but it just takes up a lot of my time okay so it sounds like everybody's Mondays, depending on what school you're at, are going to be slightly different and depending on the classes. Now, speaking of differences, obviously, if we, when, if we end up going back that 50-50 model, it's, you, you girls have already mentioned it. It's going to be different. You know, you got to wear masks all the time. You, obviously, you're going to eat lunch by yourself. What do you think are some other major differences that kids need to know about between 50-50 hybrid and regular schooling like we had last year before the pandemic? Um, another difference that I think a lot of students don't know is that there won't be any homecoming dances or it won't be the same if we do have any. And for, um, pep rallies, for example, like we won't have that. I know that we had a meeting last week and the activities director said that we could probably have it, but it would have to be socially distanced. We'd have to use both bleachers and we'd have to have two since it's a split um, between students. So I think they just have to like realize that we really can't go back to the way that we were and that we have to really change a lot of our events so that there is still an excitement um, with going back to school. Caroline? I just think they would need to be prepared for, like Ashley said, for the fact that things are gonna look different. I mean, I can't speak for like every teacher at every school, but some of my teachers have been saying different things. Like one teacher was saying that uh, we might have to do some work virtually because they're scared about handing out papers like with the spread of the virus. So I'm not saying that that's what every teacher is going to do, but I just think that the way that classes will be conducted are, are going to be different, uh, especially if there's people still going virtual and you have to have the live streaming and things like that. So it's not going to be the same. And you just have to adjust to that. It's, it's nobody's fault. It's not the teacher's fault that you guys are doing things differently. So um, I think people just need to be prepared for that change. You know, and I think that's something you brought up. You bring up a good point. People need to be prepared for that change, right? And going back to the beginning when you talked about how you had to do that survey so early, do you think that, you know, after the decision that was made on Wednesday and the more information that people know now about what that 50-50 model is going to look like, 
and feel like and sound like. Do you think if you were to conduct that survey now, do you think that the number of students preferring virtual learning would go higher or do you think that it would go lower? Um, so I definitely feel like it would have been higher now, um, especially with the release of the models of how the classrooms would look like. When we released our um, survey, it's important to note that Pittsburgh County had, they didn't release how the classrooms would look like, and they didn't release any of the guidelines. Like our principal, um, she reported about the cafeterias probably like a week after we closed our survey. So there was a lot um, more of our schools saying like hybrid, but I feel like after the school board meeting, they definitely would have said virtual more, especially because of the times and um, all of the differences inside the classroom. Okay. All right. So you guys have talked about different things that, you know, we wish kids would know, teachers would know, county officials. You, you said a bunch of all these different things. So what is one piece of advice that you would want to give to, you know, your principals, county officials, teachers about virtual learning and about the hybrid model? Like what's one piece that you wish every teacher, county official would know from the students' students' point of view? So I just want to start by saying that, um, you know, I think it's difficult on both sides because I'm seeing so much of the student side right now. But then I know also that teachers are having to do a lot of hard work for virtual learning, too. Like my mom's an assistant principal in another county and she's like working all hours of the day just to get stuff like done and ready for virtual learning. So I understand that like administration and teachers have a lot of um, stuff on their plate too. I would just say, try and be lenient. You know, I have heard so much of um, students talking about their workload at like every level, doesn't matter what type of classes they take or um, how many classes they take. But, you know, I think everybody just has a big workload. So I would just say um, when your students are, you know, telling you these things, like they're not trying to get out of work. They're, they're being 100% honest, you know. So that's just something to keep in mind. But I do know that um, administration and teachers are working really, really hard. So I acknowledge that. Um, another piece of advice that I think is really important now is that we're all in this together. I know that there's like a divide between the parents that want to go back, the teachers that want to go back, and those that want to stay virtual. But from the student standpoint, I just it hurts me a lot when I see like my teacher um, expressing themselves and how they think that they can't go to their Thanksgiving dinner and see their family um, if we did go back to hybrid. And I know that it's, it was a lot to consider and it was a lot on the teachers and administrators, but at the end of the day, we're all in this together. And with the decision that was made and any of the future decisions that, is, that are made, we're all still gonna be together. So I think that's something that we should all think about. No, and I think Ashley, you know, and Caroline, like, Mr. Carmark and I are so grateful for you guys being here. And you do bring up a good point. Like, we all are in this storm together, right? Um, but I think it's something important to note is that while we're all in the same storm, and it, it's a great quote that I saw the other day, is that we're not all in the same boat, you know? And, and it's important for us to realize that some of us are going to need a little extra flotation device. Maybe someone's got a slower boat. 
And we have to give each other some time and we need to be patient and understanding. And, and really, to be honest, like, I really, truly appreciate your honesty. And hopefully some teachers listening will maybe realize, wow, I'm not going to be able to get all of my content that I needed to get done in this period of time. And it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think maybe that's what we all need to really understand is that it's going to be okay. That we may not cross the finish line when we want to, but we're going to be okay. And, you know, we're being the safest that we possibly can be. And so, you know, going forward, I'm sure we're going to talk to you ladies again. We truly appreciate you guys being here, talking to your students, uh, you know, letting us, letting them know that you're here for them. And in closing out, make sure you tune in next time, guys. We hope you appreciated Caroline and Ashley coming in and talking with us. Our next podcast is going to be about how you need to be your authentic self on social mm-hmm. media and the TikTok. Are you really <laughs> you or are you trying to be somebody else? Yeah. Not everybody can be a Kardashian. See you next week. Bye-bye, everybody.